Welcome to Inbound Sales Journey. If you want to hone your sales skills and learn from the leaders on inbound selling, you've come to the right place. This episode of Inbound Sales Journey is brought to you by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan and Greg. Welcome, everybody, to episode 34 of Inbound Sales Journey. We are in the middle-ish of this season, and what we've done with the last couple episodes is we have transitioned now to taking your questions that you have asked us during season two, your feedback, and we are now talking about some specific uh, topics surrounding your agency. We uh, are done with the objections for at least the second half of the season. What we talked about in episode 33, which was last Wednesday when that came out, we were talking about should prospecting and sales be separate roles? So if that's something that you're going through right now in your agency trying to figure out, do you want to separate those roles out? Is that uh, something that you should consider? Go ahead and listen to that one. This week in episode number 34, we're going to be talking about how to price a retainer. So Gray is going to be doing the bulk of this episode. He has gone through this numerous times with starting the agency and trying to figure out things like pricing. He's going to talk a little bit about some of the different models and ways that you can approach this. So Gray, why don't you just jump right in here and give us your thoughts on how to price a retainer? Hot dog. Retainer pricing. Or partnership <laughs> pricing, retainer. Don't use don't use retainer with clients. I'm just kidding. They all everybody knows what it is. So there's all this all this jargon about what words we use. And I'm not. I'm certainly going to be one of the first people to say that words do matter. And we've chosen to go with partnership instead of retainer. But but still internally, a lot of agencies call it retainer. So we're calling it retainer here. This is a tough one. So first of all, let me just say I am not a big fan of all the copycatting. I don't even know how to make that the word that I'm looking for, but that happens in any industry and that is really easy to fall into as an agency. And I've been guilty of that before. I go look at other agencies' websites and say, oh, here's what we need on our website. There are elements that make sense, but I'm really a fan of people doing their own thing. Just think through it, solve the problem, and come up with a solution. Now, why am I telling you that if you're listening to this podcast? My goal I'm hoping this is helpful to you, but I'm not going to give you a ABC. Here's exactly what you should do because you are the one who needs to solve that problem at your own agency. So how have we thought about pricing a retainer? There is a very old and still current debate about cost-based pricing versus value-based pricing. And there's pros and cons to both. If I had to come down on one side, I'd come down on the value-based side. But going 100% value-based is a challenge for a lot of agencies. And it's hard because what do I say value is? And so what I've seen a lot of people do also in, in talking with other agencies is they've kind of chosen neither. I haven't thought that well about my costs. And I also haven't thought that well about like I'm still offering packages. But these numbers seem like what other agencies are doing. So that's what I'm going to roll with. And when we were starting out, that's really what we ran with. At the time, there were three of us who were full-time. We were all just kind of handling the vast majority of the work on the first couple of retainers that we sold. We were splitting the profits. And so cost-based, when you're an owner at an agency and you're the one doing the work, it's hard to look to or it's it's more convenient to not look too, uh, too hard at, at what the costs look like because the costs wind up being to hire – Gray winds up being 
when there's three people on the team, one third of the total revenue. So it's not really some other cost. So that can be hard to go off of if you're at that young of a stage as your agency. Value-based makes it harder when you're talking to people. People want to know pricing early in a conversation. You, There are a lot of people who say, like, shoot for on, on marketing spend. Marketing spend as a whole, if you're a mid-sized business, might be 5 to 10% of your entire operating budget. So we're looking for, let's say we look for a 10x return. So if we think that the impact on your business is going to be a million dollars, we'll charge you $100,000 for the year. And that's like... That's a great model to go with and great when you get to that point. But what do you say as an, an approximate cost before you get to that point? So there are challenges with both models for sure. And the, the really hard thing, just kind of synopsis of what I just said about value-based, the really hard thing with going purely value-based is that for every deal, the price could be very different on that. If you go off of I always want to be 10x, the value, the projected value for the client versus what we charge. And people want to know that ballpark early on. So you might be doing the same amount of work for somebody who's making a million dollars and someone who's making half a million dollars. And your profit is either 1x or 2x. It depends on on what they're going forward with. But how do you give them a price if you go purely value-based? So I think that that can be a challenge. You have to think through, do you want to go with a limited number of packages where you have, listen, we have, so HubSpot, when we started with them, shortly after that, they came out with their fast, faster, fastest model. I'm not sure if that's what they called that. That's what some people were calling it at some point. uh, HubSpot adopted that terminology at some point. But basically, hey, the methodology is going to stay the same, but you can get a starting package at 2,500 or 3K, and you can get a faster package at 5 or 6K, and you can get a fastest package where we're doing a lot more work at 10 or 12K a month. And 99% 99% of your clients are going to throw under one of these packages. So that's that's one option that's on the table. I'm sure that's something that you've thought through. Or you can go with a package skeleton. So, hey, this is like a baseline. We aren't going to do stuff for cheaper than this, and here's what it would be. But then we're going to customize it a little bit based on what the client actually needs. Another model that's out there, which is not necessarily in addition to, but, but one way of thinking about this is the point system or some value metric and Paul Reitzer at PR 2020 has built this out substantially and has been one of the leaders in this space. Jeff White at Kula Partners, who we've had on Inbound Agency Journey, has a lot of good stuff to share on a points basis and how they manage projects at Kula Partners. And we'll include links to, to both those guys and their work in the show notes. But the point system basically says, you want this deliverable, here's what this is going to cost for us to execute for you. And if you go with a points-based system, unless you're changing your whole pricing model every time, that is a little bit more cost-based than value-based for folks. There's all this ambiguity in different models out there in the space. Nobody really has this. For me, what we have chosen to do at Guava Box and what I would recommend is starting with packages, some type of packages based on some type of value metric as a skeleton. And evolving from there. So when you're getting into this and you're offering packages, you say, I'm not willing to take on monthly work at less than $5,000 a month. And I would strongly encourage you to think about where you start that pricing because if you're starting at $2,000 a month, I have not talked to an agency owner yet who's been happy about having whatever the number of clients are at that price level, having clients at that price level in the long term, unless the expectations are you only get this and anything 
in addition to that. You know, there's, there's just so such limited flexibility for you to provide other services and still make a profit. The investment level is really low. It just doesn't tend to attract the right types of clients for an agency in the inbound space who's trying to grow and trying to produce real results. So pick a starting point. It's fine if you want to pick a couple packages. Use those as your skeletons and then customize a little bit based on the situation that you get into. And that way, that's going to allow you to give ranges during the sales process. Say, hey, here's most folks who are starting with us spend five to $10,000 a month. Now, I know that seems like a big range. Here's the goal of what we're starting with. And I can give you an example of here would be the deliverables, here would be the results that maybe you can expect. What we're going to do is we're going to go through a game plan process to help pull out and refine what this exact plan is going to look like for you. And I think that the beauty of starting with a game plan, which we've introduced in other episodes and talked about a game plan versus a retainer, which one do you sell first and, and those types of issues. But the beauty of starting with a game plan is that allows you, you've presented these packages as a skeleton that people want to know, but you've got the leeway to figure out what exactly do they need, what's going to be best for the client and base it off of them. And you've gotten, hopefully you can get some kind of approval for from the client saying, listen, we do have the budget to spend in the eight to $10,000 range or the five to $8,000 range, whatever that range is. And then you fill out based on the value that you're providing and the needs of the client, what that whole package is going to be and round that out together during that game plan process. So those are a couple of my thoughts on what it looks like to price a retainer. Just a quick recap. My recommendation is start with packages as a skeleton, limit the number of packages and set a minimum dollar amount if you're going to be doing monthly retainers and then test and iterate and refine from there. Ryan, what are your thoughts on the whole issue? Yeah, well, I think that, Gray, that you had some good thoughts there. You know, I was surprised going to the inbound conference back in September. This is a big deal for a lot of agencies. There's a lot of speakers about this. I know Paul kind of walked through his points based and why they do that. Uh, there's another guy that, you know, did the value-based pricing. And there's just a lot of different thoughts here on how to do it. But I still feel like there's only a few, like, a few ideas that have really grabbed hold or a few models that have really grabbed hold. So I think that there's still some innovating in this space that that can be done as inbound evolves and as our, our services and products evolve for people. And I think that this is something that's going to keep changing. But I don't have and I haven't thought through, hey, this is another kind of off the wall idea for people. I think you went through the majority of the big ones. And then I liked your recommendation at the end, Gray. But yeah, I think that this is some, an area where you can kind of test some things. And, you know, going back to Paul Ratzer, point-based wasn't really a thing until he kind of got sick of doing the same thing everyone else was doing and just said, you know, I'm going to try something. I'm going to take a lot of time and I'm going to devote some effort and energy into a new way to do things. And now, you know, we know from agencies, Gray, who are using Do Inbound have told us, hey, this is the model that we've adopted as well. And so that's kind of gaining some steam. But I think there's still uh, still some, th- some things up in the air, some things that haven't been discovered yet, Gray, that, you know, the people who are listening to this, you know, consider pioneering your own ideas here, you know, what kind of makes sense for you. Because I still think that there isn't necessarily a right and a wrong way to do this. I know that's kind of a, a vague answer, but that's just really how I feel yeah. you know, when it comes to this. It makes sense. And obviously, you know, with the points-based system, a lot of clients are going, or prospects might say, isn't this just kind of a veil for an hourly-based deal? I thought that 
I think that there is a good way to to respond to that. And and basically what you're trying to do is assign value points to each one of these things. And it is hard to distinguish that completely from hours and from cost because at the end of the day, if you're running an agency, it may not be hourly rate all the time. Hopefully you're not hourly rate all the time. But you are still trading your time and energy for client dollars at the end of the day. So I think just think through how do we want to address the objections that people will have. There's always going to be objections around price. And your goal is to just take the conversation to value, to have a strong, well-thought-out answer for why you've chosen to price things the way that they are. And just present that to people and say, like, if you really believe in the vision of, of what we can do for you, this price should certainly be be worth it for that, you know, for those results. So I think figuring out how to tie things to value is very important and figuring out the pricing model is very important for internal profitability and making the two go hand in hand. That's the challenge that's before us all. Yep. It's a wrap on episode number 34, Gray. So I appreciate everybody listening. There's a couple things that we have for you guys. First of all, if you want to get a nice list and write up recap on all these different episodes and kind of see them all in one place, you can go to doinbound.com backslash sales journey and that will take you to this show and all the different episodes that we've had and you can get access to those write-ups the other thing that we've done is we've taken the 12 most common objections that that you guys will most likely hear based on feedback and based on what we've heard and we've packaged that into a nice little ebook so that you guys can download that you can print that off you can go through it with your team members there anyone who is selling inbound services for you so they can use that as a guide for some ideas of how to combat some of those different objections that they've heard. So feel free to check that out as well. Next episode, number 35, which is going to come out next Wednesday, we're going to be talking about your salespeople and their ability to become flexible in their approach to working with different personality types. I'm going to go through a few ideas that I have there, um, some of the training that I've received in a corporate setting and how that can be applied to people in your agency. So that is what will be coming up next week. So until then, good luck selling, and we will see you back here next Wednesday. Thank you for listening to Inbound Sales Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash salesjourney. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash salesjourney. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you head over to iTunes and subscribe. Make sure you leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.